You're listening to the Music Interval Theory Podcast with TC and Frank. Hello and welcome. This is Frank and I'm so glad that you've tuned in to another episode of the Music Interval Theory Podcast. Today, I want to start with a question. Did you ever play a game not knowing the rules? Well, probably no. But guess what? So many composers enter the business not knowing what the rules are. And some of them win and some of them don't. And those who don't never know or understand why others are more successful. And in most cases they look at the music, which is not a big factor in the music business actually. So I want to dedicate this episode to the music business and I want to show you an audio part of a video that is available inside the composer's toolkit. So I've mentioned that toolkit a few times on the podcast but if you are a new listener then please go to musicintervaltheory.academy toolkit and check out this free resource. So without any further ado, let's jump right into the business and here is the business booster. So this is really my private collection, I would say, of the most practical techniques that I've come across in the music business. So let me jump into the first concept and I want to make this a little bit bigger here and that is your supportive mindset. Now you have to understand that people pay you for the value you provide. They don't pay you for the music. They don't pay you for the hours that it took you to create the music. They pay you for the value that you can bring to a project. So for that reason, ask questions. Things like, what do you do with the music? What do you hope to achieve? What's the whole purpose of this thing? Now, what would be your potential loss if there was no music at all? And you usually get to these two different categories, high value and low value. If it was high value, then that's fantastic. This is going to be a good client. <laughs> so you want to keep that client as long as possible. And you might want to negotiate the budget and the overall deal, things like that. And yes, just a side note, find out if you're really talking to the decision maker, because if not, this is going to save you a lot of time if you found out early on that the guy you're talking to actually is not allowed to hire you. <laughs> this happened to me a few times actually. Then this branch right here, the low value branch, if you find out that the client actually really doesn't care about the work you do and the value you provide, then he won't have a budget. And if that happens, I would advise you to really think about that project twice. Because personally, I refuse to work for a loss. And usually those clients, they offer you things like, well, I can refer you to a lot of friends. You will have a ton of projects and everything. This actually might be true. But if this is a low value client, and if he referred you as the guy who did everything for free for his project, then they expect you to work for free as well. So these referrals 
are not very helpful. In fact, they can hurt your business quite a lot. The high value guys on the other side, they will refer you automatically. Because if you give high value and they perceive high value for the project and they refer you, they actually put themselves in a great position. They gain more status because they help a friend and they know exactly that this referral will put them in a better spot with this friend. So this all sounds pretty cool in theory, right? But the problem is, how do you get to the good clients then? And how can you skip the low value clients? Well, let's tackle this thing. And for that reason, I want to bring up a concept that I've come across by Blair Enns, who is the founder of Win Without Pitching. And he talks about two levels of success. The first level, which is the low level, this is essentially just to position yourself, to say yes to almost everything that comes in. Do whatever you can to build your skills and to build your credits list. But here it comes. Your next goal should be to leave that first level of success and to move into the second level as quickly as possible. So the moment you decide you want to get to the second level of success, things almost change 180 degrees. The first thing up here was to position yourself. Now this is done. So the next thing was you said yes to almost everything. On the second level of success, you want to say no to almost everything because now you can get picky <laughs> and you can find the good clients. How can you actually make more money out of that? And this happens when you focus on taking on more risks, not more work. The day has 24 hours and you can't just do more work. You can take on more risk though. And this is the leverage to make more money over time. So there is a guy, Peter Drucker, and he wrote a ton of books and all the profit comes from taking somebody else's risk. Now that's the moment where you will eventually make more money. Before you say yes to taking everybody's risk on your shoulders, be sure to find out what your risk capacity actually is to stay healthy in the sense of mental health, because it can be stressful. Learn about those risks. Now, what are those? And they might be different from client to client. Example, one guy might say, well, I'm really under pressure because I have to deliver my project fast, very fast. And this makes me a bit nervous and anxious. If you say, I know in our contract, it says I have to deliver the music in a week from now on. I can do it by tomorrow. So I can take your risk. I have to cancel some meetings today. I have to rearrange some things in my calendar to make this work for you. But I can take the risk. What is this worth to you? What are the risks that you are willing to take from your clients? Now we talked about value, the value that you bring to a project. This is actually what the client pays you for. Now let's define value and let's see if we can get this into an equation. And that's the moment where I want to quote Alex Hormozy, who is the founder of acquisition.com. He presented this equation here. And I think that is really a very good way to put value into some concrete parameters that we can tweak. How can we make the value as high as possible? 
That should be our goal. Now, the first thing is we have to define the dream outcome. What is it that you get hired for as a composer? And you want to maximize that dream outcome. So you want to give the best package to the client as possible. That is the dream outcome. The next thing is the likelihood of achievement. In the client's eyes, are you able to deliver? Are you able to get the job done in time? And you want to give a lot of details to the client that prove to him, yes, the likelihood of achievement is almost 100%. Maybe it is 100%. How do you do this? You show your expertise. You point to the credits list. Maybe you've done similar projects like 100 times already. And this is pretty good proof that you are able to do it another time because you did it 100 times before. All of these things, also referrals, they will help increase the likelihood of achievement in the client's eyes. The time delay right here, we want to make this as small as possible. And the funny part is, on every market, fast actually beats free. Quick example, all the information about conventional music theory can be found on the internet. You just go to Wikipedia and Google and you find everything. Why do people still buy books? Why do people still go to music school and study the conventional way? Because it is organized. The whole learning path is given to you and you don't have to do the research. You don't have to find the snippets of information. So it is way faster. It saves you a lot of time and therefore people are willing to pay for it. So fast beats free, always. Try to deliver as fast as possible. This increases the perceived value. Now the sacrifice and effort, obviously we also want to minimize it. In essence, you want to be easy to work with. You don't want to waste your client's time with senseless meetings. Be proactive, try to foresee potential risks that your client might step into and protect your client from these risks. Now, these three things that we talked about here, I'm almost sure that they will give you some great leverage and a good perspective on how you can increase your own value and still be a great composer, hopefully. And if you want to increase the value on your composition side, like the techniques and the tools you need as a composer to write outstanding music, then this brings me to this little note down there. So please have a look at the Music Interval Theory Academy, where we talk about the best practices and the shortcuts in composition and the orchestration. I hope that this was helpful already and see you on the inside. And if you want to download the PDF that comes with all the content, then please go to musicintervaltheory.academy slash toolkit and get access to the free Composers Toolkit right away. So if you now enter the game of the music business, hopefully you're better prepared. Well, I'm wishing you all the best and hopefully see you in one of the future episodes. This was Frank, stay safe, Bye. This podcast is powered by the Music Interval Theory Academy, your resource for getting clarity and confidence in music composition and orchestration. See you inside at musicintervaltheory.academy.com.